Shalom mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, my guest is Freddie Haler, and I I would have to say that when I hear Freddie Haler's music, it's like a portal opens into the glory of God. And if you haven't figured this out yet, when the glory of God is present, whatever you speak by faith in prayer, it comes quick, very quick, um, Freddie, uh, with what's going on in the world today, especially in the Middle East, uh, you have a song that's uh, one of my favorites, and it's it's very prophetic. Uh, it's the song of Michael. Uh, and uh, tell me about the vision that you had of Michael, who is the angel in charge of protecting Israel. Yes. Um, one night I was deep in prayer and, and fasting and I was several hours into seeking the Lord and just worshiping Him in my bedroom. And in the vision of the night, in the spirit, I saw a towering angel uh, with eyes like liquid blue lightning and blondish hair. And he was just mighty and warlike looking, very chiseled, powerful. And I asked the Holy Spirit who this was, and he said it was Michael. And, of course, um, the Lord showed me that Michael is... uh, very much uh, in tune with what's going on in Israel. I had read the book of Daniel and how Daniel had prayed and fasted, um, and how Michael the archangel was sent to fight um, the prince of Persia and and the evil principalities that were warring against Israel in that era. And of course we have a similar situation today uh, with the enemies of Israel surrounding it and and, um, uh, the enemy, of course, trying to prevent the Messiah's plans and uh, from uh, Occurring, which is obviously futile, but uh, he will continue to try. But Michael's a mighty archangel and the chosen angel to protect Jerusalem and Israel. And I saw this in a vision. I saw him with chariots of angels strong, strongly positioned around uh, Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, you know, there's such a promise to Bible believers to pray for Israel. It's uh, the one that comes to mind is Psalm 122, verse 6, Freddie, which says, it's a commandment, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, thou shalt prosper. And my friend Derek Prince, who now is in heaven, he he was a fabulous scholar, and he he told me the word prosper means uh, more than finances. It means something that money can't buy. It means heart peace. So God is saying, if you at this moment, at this moment, would pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you shall have heart peace no matter what happens on the face of this earth. Yes. And that's his commandment. And I'm gonna, I want you to agree in prayer with me right now. In Yeshua, that's Hebrew for Jesus, in Yeshua's name, we agree for peace, and the only peace that Israel will ever achieve is when Jew and Arab 
have revelations of the Messiah of Israel. And I pray that as a result of this prayer, many Jews and many Arabs would have dreams and visions and encounters of Jesus. And I believe that as we, Freddie, we hear this song of Michael, the anointing is going to go all the way to Israel. But the anointing is one of the things about Freddie's music is the glory or the extreme presence of God is going to invade wherever you are. Let's hear a part of Song of Michael. Santo, Espíritu Santo, Angelico, el anima, se ne va, verso
Freddie, you are getting such, I've never heard such supernatural feedback reaction to uh, listening to your CDs. For instance, tell me about that man in Pakistan that contacted you. Well, he was a young man, and he uh, called late one night, and he was speaking in broken English. I did not know him. And he simply said, uh, I, I, I listened to Song of Angels. I began to worship. I had a vision of heaven. I had a vision of glory. I saw Jesus, and he said, uh, I now, uh, I, I, I play the album. He said, I go to the roof of my house, because, you know, over there they still do a lot on the rooftops. And he says, I, I have to compete with the minaret, you know, the, the low, droning, depressing prayer. But he says, I... Yeah, that, and those that aren't familiar, if you've been in a Muslim country, you hear that prayer, and it's over speakers, and I don't know what it means, but I do know it. It's an awful, depressing spirit that comes across from it. Go ahead. Well, he, you know, what he told me was that what they're actually praying in Arabic is that, that, that uh, their God will, uh, you know, conquer the world, and that all the lands of the world are, are Allah's, but... But he would, he would, uh, he said, I would overplay them with volume, and many people would come to my house, and they would accept Christ, and they loved the music, and uh, he made copies. He said, "Is that okay?" I said, "Sure, make all the copies you want. You know, <laughs> it's the gospel." So, and he, we've discipled him now for several years, but we didn't know him. Uh, he had a he had a dream. He, he got filled with the Spirit. He got saved through listening to the anointing on this worship, and and he just uh, is a great witness over there in Karachi, Pakistan. I, I have to ask you. I would happen to believe that many people, when they sit under the glory of your worship, uh, experience visions of heaven. Do you get reports like that? Literally, you know, we have thousands of testimonies over the last several years of people who have listened to this music, uh, who have sent emails, who have called, uh, who have shared incredible uh, testimonies of, of encounters with the with the Father supernatural encounters being caught up in heaven. Oh, well, tell me about that woman you, you shipped a whole box of your music to, and she saw angels? Really? Yes, she actually saw angels uh, uh, bring the boxes to her home, um, come up the sidewalk, and uh, there was a smaller angel that was whirling around it, and she's never seen an angel in her life, and she was just kind of, like, shocked by it. She said, I don't know what to say. I've never seen anything like that in my life, and she feared for her life almost. She was like, am I going home to see the Lord? But she said there was such a strong anointing just over the package. I mean, because there's been a lot of prayers and anointing prayed over this, and this is something God just gifted her with for her faithfulness. She's an intercessor. And, uh, uh, okay, we're we're running out of time. I want to get as soon as possible a CD and a DVD, so that you're literally going to turn your entire house into the atmosphere of heaven. You'll have the DVD on your TV. Uh, you'll play the CD in your car. You'll play the CD in your house. And I mean, I want your home to be a glory zone. So the one CD and the DVD of Song of Angels, Volume 1, $45, and a special price this week only, 
you can get Volume 1 and Volume 2, two CDs, two DVDs, for a special price of $65. Call or write today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. What would you say you're tapping into what frequency in heaven when you minister? Well, it's, I, I just think it's simply uh, a tool to help the true pure worshiper uh, get to a higher level, and and I I just truly believe that these these songs are like light rays and beams of God's glory. Really, that's what music is. It's it's, it's light, but this is anointed light that will literally transport you into the throne room of God Almighty and into innumerable company of angels, as it says in Hebrews twelve twenty two. So, I just believe that the angels are here to help us, and they are in heaven, but they are also on earth. Uh, Zechariah saw them, talked to them. Uh, he was pure worshiper, and he walked among them. And so it's time for the church in this hour to be transported in, in, into their spirit man, like Paul was into paradise, and to see the glories of heaven, and to experience that tangibly in their spirit and body, and to then go forth into the world as a light, as a great soul winner, and as a missionary with that glory and, and beautiful presence of God. How much prayer and fasting went into these albums? Countless hours, days, um, years. Um, this is the fruition of about 10 years of work, um, of seeking the Lord, of, of combining the best music writers, and honestly, um, I came into an um, Italian-Jewish group of writers, writing guild, and together we worked on songs, and I did some adaptations. I, I mean, I, I think the musicians and the arrangement is so heavenly. Uh, I mean, how did you bump into these people? Well, um, they write for the greatest writers in the world, and I, I wrote to them. Uh, the Lord told me to write to them and say, look, uh, I would like to— um, get together with your writers and put together beautiful music that glorifies the Lord. And, and, and some of these were Catholics, and many of them were Jewish, and they just said, you know what, uh, we think this is great. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They write for the Universal and, and Sony and the biggest you know record labels, and they're geniuses. God's really gifted them. And together with my ideas and for music uh, and for lyrics, um, which I wrote, they uh, just gave us the most intricate timeless, eternal music of heaven. So, so what goes on inside of you, Freddie, when you're singing a song such as, God, I love you? Well, God, I love you so. Um, it's just, you just get caught up into the love of God. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 22, that you know we're to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And David said, I will love you with all my heart in the Psalms, and that's what this song does. It just, it just, it just exudes with the love of God. There's anointing of God's love. All right, get ready for that anointing. God, I love you.
valley cold that needs to know your great love for them. So when I'm all alone upon my bed, I dream about your lonely face. All I really want is to be closer to you, darling, to drink in your grace and to hear your sweet voice and to be one with God. Sid Roth, I'm speaking to Freddie Haler. And Freddie, um, when you were in college, you uh, went to some meetings for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, and you got born again, and you got filled with the Spirit, and something very supernatural happened to you when you were filled with the Spirit. Tell me about that. 
well, I was um, studying hard, and I had, had dealing with some issues from my past sin, and and some um, <clears throat> I was in a gang, and I was in a rock band. And my life was just totally a mess, and um, I had I was raised Catholic, but I didn't know the Lord personally. I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting, and after the meeting, a, a brother who was on the football team uh, shared with me about you know, how to be filled with the Spirit from Acts chapter 2. And so about 9 o'clock at night, on April 15th, uh, 1976, we went out to the Sunken Gardens in Colonial Williamsburg, where I was going to school at William & Mary. And um, he just told me about uh, the power of God and how to be born again. And so uh, right there I said, uh, I stopped them. After he read Acts chapter 2, like I said, I, I want this. I want Jesus, and I want him to save me and fill me with the Holy Spirit. And he said, just ask him right now. When I did, um, there wasn't a sound of thunder, but there was a, a, a bright flash of lightning and the sound of a rushing wind. And when that lightning hit me, it was like warm honey and, and hot oil just poured all over me. My mind was instantly healed, and I, I jumped off a four- or five-foot wall and I just did a somersault forward, and I landed on the grass. I, there must have been angels, or the Holy Spirit just kept me from breaking my back. And, but I landed very lightly, and I remember just praying in the tongues and heavenly languages and just getting up from there and yelling out, you know, he's alive, he's alive. You know, And all the students were studying, you know, for the final exams, and the windows were open, and it was a balmy spring night, and they all heard me on the campus, you know, and later on, uh, the, the year or two following, about 300 students came to know Christ. There was a revival on the campus. It's, uh, I have to believe, though, in the heavenlies, when you started yelling at the top of your lungs, you opened something up, up in that university. That's right. The Bible tells us to declare his glory. Uh, you know, King David declared his glory in the sanctuary. Declare his glory. Make every place you are a sanctuary. I don't care if it's your house, your car, your home, your recreation at the gym, wherever you are, declare the glory of God and speak into the heavenlies God's love and the name of Jesus, Yeshua, and just, you know, enjoy his presence. And it's like a magnet. People will see the glory of God on your face, even as Moses came down, you know, from the Mount of Glory, and, and Stephen spent time, so much time in the presence of the Lord, they said his face shone like an angel. You can actually see the physical manifestation of the glory of God in people's face and eyes and countenance. So, you know, that's what this Song of Angels is about, is just bringing people to that place. It's, it's a tool. It's an en- well, well, you used to lead, uh, at least for a season, worship uh, at uh, Benny Hinn's. You would minister and, and, and worship God. And I know that that is the key to his miracles. The worship that he has is what releases those great miracles. How would you like those great miracles in your home? I believe that when you start listening to Freddie Haler's music, but even before I, I play another anointed uh, selection from his Song of Angels, uh, Freddie, uh, your wife, Annie, who's very prophetic, uh, wanted you to go to a Pavarotti concert. Tell me about that. Well, um, way back in 1988, um, Pavarotti was appearing at the uh, Orange County or the Orlando Civic Center, and it was $500 a seat, and I, we didn't have the money at the time. Uh, we were just newly married, and um, so we basically needed a miracle, 
And uh, she called up and asked the lady who was in charge of the tickets, uh, you know, could we have $500 seats for, you know, free? And she, she said, my, my husband, I think, can sing like Pavarotti, even though she just said that by faith. And she said, oh, he's a tenor. Well, I just had a cancellation. And uh, i tell you what, since he's a tenor, we'll let you have the seats for both seats for $50. That is amazing that they offered that to you. Okay, we go ahead. Well, no, I mean, and and I, I went and I had nothing to, to expect. I mean, I, I didn't know who Pavarotti was. I didn't know uh, really that kind of singing. And I sat there and listened to Puccini uh, songs and the heavenly sounds that he was making and with the beautiful uh, arrangements. And I just started to cry. And I noticed the executive for SunTrust Bank and his wife were next to me. And um we're wondering why two young kids were sitting next to him, but <laughs> but they, but they were they were in the VIP seats and they were crying and and everybody was just moved by his voice and and the Lord spoke to me as I sat there and said, "I'm going to give you a voice like Pavarotti, but instead of singing the opera arias, I'm going to have you sing the arias of heaven." So, after you heard this from God, uh, an amazing door opened for you where you got voice lessons from one of the best opera teachers on the planet. Yeah, amazingly, um, you know, I I, I uh, was given this opportunity to train with Jerome Hines, who's the most storied, you know, singer at the Metropolitan Opera, and also Franco Corelli. Um, and they trained me in the in the Apoggio Italian technique, which is what Caruso and De Stefano and De Monaco and Pavarotti and all of the great tenors use including Andrea Bocelli. So I was like, wow, you know, this is great to learn this technique. And uh, it's a very secret technique. It's almost uh, hidden from, you know, most people. Wait, what did they say about your voice, these these world-renowned teachers? Yes, and um, my first teacher, Ken Smith, uh, when he heard my voice, he said, that is truly a gift of God. That is, you know, pure golden Italian timbre. And it's a miracle you have that voice. It's like Caruso. So he was very excited, you know, when he heard me sing. Jerome Hines wrote a note and said, to the most bella voce on the planet. I mean, he wrote this beautiful note and a great guy, too. I mean, it was very kind of him. But he, he, he's heard all the great. He sang opposite Domingo, Carreras, Pavarotti, all of them. And he said that he said he thought my voice was the most uh, beautiful tenor voice or uh, right up there with the greatest he's ever heard. And it was amazing that he would say that. Uh, then, after you got trained, you had a conflict. You could have used your voice for God, or you could have used your voice for the world. And in addition to the conflict, you and Annie were living on rices and beans. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a hard decision. We we uh, we really needed the money, and they were offering me at the time 20000 a night to sing, which was for starts. So- oh, well, that's pretty good for finishes, but... <laughs> It was a temptation, brother. You know, when you're eating rice and beans, and and really, you know, it was really a temptation. And and I said, no, I'm going to believe God for a miracle that somehow He's going to open a door as He promised that I would sing the arias of heaven. And then about two weeks after that, when I said no, finally, and it was a final no to the people calling me to sing in the opera, um, I got a call from uh, Provident Records. They they wanted to record me singing the great hymns of the church with the London Symphony Orchestra, the greatest symphony in the world. Now, let me ask you this. I hear a young female singing with you. 
And it's such an innocent voice. It's such a pure voice. Who is that that sings with you on some songs? <laughs> well, that's my my precious daughter, Rebecca. She was 12 at the time, and she's just amazing. And she is a worshiper and an intercessor, and she loves God. And she just has this voice genetically. I guess she got her daddy's voice, which I'm sure she's happy with. Not that her mother's voice is bad. But uh, she definitely uh, got got my voice, and it's just kind of like the same timbre and color as my voice, which really makes it a nice blending sound. It's so peaceful, the blending of your two voices. Tell, uh, let's play a selection with both of you from uh, Healing Prayer. Tell me about that song. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, famous song that God basically, uh, it just, leads people into a, a calm and peaceful spirit of, of majesty, I think. And uh, in that prayer, we adapted it to make it actually a healing prayer um, for spirit, soul, and body. Listen, if someone is healed, spirit, soul, and body, they are healed. <laughs> Let's hear healing prayer. I pray we'll find your life.
Okay, from Song of Angels, Healing Prayer. Freddie, tell me about uh, so many people are having such peace they sleep better. Tell me about one. Well, there was this mother whose daughter had been on all these kinds of psychotropic uh, sleeping pills and drugs to try to go to sleep at night. She had fear. I don't know if she had picked them up from watching stuff on the cable she shouldn't have been or, or satellite or, or you know video games or whatever, but she couldn't sleep and she was afraid and she had nightmares and she had insomnia and almost incurable and it was very much bringing the whole family down. And she began to, at night, she, she well, she ordered a Song of Angels uh, album and uh, she began to play them at night and, and um, as she played them, the atmosphere, the, uh, the room changed and she said she could actually see on the glory of God on the ceiling of the room and the child as the child slept. Um, she felt demonic oppression loose and um, the child supernaturally, and, and I think it was, she said in two days, she started just falling asleep at a regular hour, not waking up all night for eight or nine hours. Tell me about that Al-Qaeda terrorist that literally got saved from your music. Well, I got a very strange echo call with a man with a very strong Arabic accent calling me from Afghanistan. And, um, you know, it was an amazing phone call. It was like two in the morning, three in the morning. And he was saying how he had a vision and a dream of Jesus uh, listening to this music. And he called it Jesus music. He didn't call it Song of Angels. And uh, he said he had gotten saved and that the Lord had come to him in a vision and a dream. Uh, two nights straight, and then he accepted Christ as a Savior and his whole whole family. Um, and he uh, explained that he was a, a, a terrorist, uh, Al-Qaeda affiliate, and he was in Afghanistan, and they were planning um, some attacks, and he would, he would that he was full of love. He didn't want to hurt anyone any longer. And, and later I heard he had uh, snuck out of the country uh, via Pakistan and then got to England and... and uh, now I hear he's in the United States, and I need to follow up on that. <laughs> but, but we've had a lot of testimonies like this of people from the Middle East uh, uh, meeting Christ and um, through the music and, and, and God just using it as a, a wedge. Uh, because it's a 1040 window. It's a tough mission field to crack. It's actually a death penalty to, to hand out Christian tracts in some of these countries. So it's, it's, it supersedes that and transcends that. Now, I want people to get to know you a little bit. It seems as though people that have strong calls of God on their life, the devil tries to snuff their life out before they even get started. Uh, But let me even take you back to age five. You had a reoccurring dream. What was that? Well, yes, it seemed like each night or every other night for the longest time, I'd have a reoccurring dream of me being caught up into the stars of heaven and seeing the beautiful multicolored stars. They weren't like stars you see in the night sky. They were multicolored. And then I would actually see three-dimensional notes, musical notes, skipping along the stars. These beautiful sounds, ethereal sounds, and, and melodies that seemed heavenly to me or peaceful. And um, they were just beautiful multicolored notes and stars, and, and um, it just seemed like uh, they, 
were from heaven, and but I didn't know at the time what what it meant. It, but it was just symbolism of some kind that God was giving me uh, as a very very young person. Uh, but guess what? I think the devil might have heard it too, because then at age eleven, uh, you're on a rowboat and you you're. you're two miles offshore, and you fall out of the boat, and you're drowning, how in the world were you rescued? That is the, probably the greatest miracle. Uh, I, I Even to think about it, I shudder, because, um, you know, I was showing off for someone in the boat how fast I could row, and I fell backwards, and the oars fell out of the boat, and the current up there is very fast, and the water's 60 degrees or below. So you can get hypothermia real fast, and so... Kind of idiotically, <laughs> as a kid, I dove off the boat to get the oars, and by the time I retrieved the oars, the boat had floated far away. And after about just 10 minutes of trying to doggy paddle, I, I just started to go under the water. And as I started to go under the water, I started to see, you know, lights, and I thought, this is it. You know, I guess I'm dying, you know. And then all of a sudden, someone I felt the pressure on my hair pulling me up. And I, I was pulled up by the surface by this man who came out of nowhere. And um, he just dragged me to shore two miles in. And when I got to the beach, um, I was revived. And um, I, I went to thank the man. And he, he you know, it, it, was, it looked like someone I had known before, but he'd left. And the women were all around me, these older women, and they were saying, we were praying for you. We saw you struggling. We thought you drowned. The angels were with you today. That must have been an angel. And that's all I remember. You know, and I just said, wow, maybe that was an angel. But I never met him again. Hey, well, I don't know. I, th- I think you might have met him again at age 15. Uh, you're into drugs. You're a rock uh, musician. Uh, and, and you take an overdose and you're driving in a car, and what happened? <laughs> so we were going around this curve at 50 miles an hour, and uh, I was overdosed on this very powerful drug, and the car swung, door swung open, and I fell out the door on the hard concrete going at over 50. And the angels, I knew, you know, just picked me up and prevented me from being injured because I had no injuries but a couple of small scratches, and uh, I actually stopped breathing as well, and uh, then came the vision of Jesus, and I uh, was quickly resuscitated. So, you know, the police and my family were, were surprised by it all, but it was a miracle. Tell me about the song, Holy Spirit, Please Come, from your album, Song of Angels. Well, you know, Jesus says in John 16, he's going to give us another comforter you know, of the paraclete, the one that come alongside and help us in, in, in everyday life and continuously, day and night, 24-7. And he's our best friend, and he's the one who speaks of Jesus and who glorifies him. And, you know, it's just a song about being filled with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of fire, and drawing closer to the Lord in this hour as his bride. And it talks about purifying our hearts and um, how gentle he is and how he wants to fill us and with his blessings and his peace and his joy and his righteousness. What, what, what does the pure worship that, that I'm hearing in your music, uh, what does that attract to you from, from heaven? Well, I truly believe it attracts the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of his angels, um, because all the angels in heaven praise him. All the stars of heaven sing for joy. 
and they love when you worship God. Uh, it's the highest form of intercession, Andrew Murray said, and he inbounds. They said prayer is the highest form of intercession and in, 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 in adoration and worship. So if it's the highest form of prayer, worship, then you're going to be enjoying by heavenly host, and you're going to feel their presence, and you're going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because Do you feel the angels are, are singing right along with you? I'm curious. Yes, and, and when I sing, I actually have heard angels sing with loud clarion voices, and they're beautiful beyond description. Okay, from Song of Angels, Holy Spirit, please come. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please come, like a spring rain, fall on me from above. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty for thee, come and fill me, comfort me in your sweet love. Come to me as a gentle love, anoint me and believe. Ease me to come to thee, my God and King. Oh, to see your glory on the wings of the dove. Holy Spirit, Jesus said you would come. Like a spring breeze to breathe life into me. When you fill me, I am happy and calm. As I praise you, I can fly into heaven. Now my spirit adores you to be filled with your presence and all. As I kneel on the floor, I can bear it no more. When the trials of this life and the tempter is rending my heart to the core, I lift my hands up to the heavens and praise Jesus for he'll Like a spring rain, fall on us from above. 
Holy Spirit, please come. Please come. When you worship God, what what happens? What, for lack of better words, what is the benefit of worshiping God? Well, I believe worshiping God uh, makes you and allows you to experience the atmosphere of heaven. And when the atmosphere of heaven descends, wherever you are becomes a sanctuary. And in that sanctuary is the kabod, the Hebrew word for God's glorious presence. And in his presence, the Bible says, there's pleasures forevermore. There is abundance. There's copiousness. There's creativeness. There's vision. There's provision. There's salvation. There's healing. There's, there's, a, there's everything, every abundant blessing in his presence, in his gabad. And that's when you worship God, when you exercise the highest form of intercession. How does worship tie in with the end-time revival? The end-time believer will have the spirit of Elijah. They will be consecrated and set aside. They will be true, pure worshipers, not serving God or loving God for any other motive, but simply to love him. And they will be used. They will have their ears attuned to spiritual warfare. They'll know how to pray for current events. They'll know how to pray for their family. And they will experience the protection of angels, and they will walk in the power of Enoch and Elijah. Because they were men of like passion, but they were also able to be translated into heaven. And I believe that we'll see more uh, miracles as the end times uh, comes closer and closer to the coming of the Messiah. People will be translated to heaven. They'll be translated from one place to another, um, as they were in the book of Acts. I just think it, it opens a door, a portal to the atmosphere of heaven. And when you dwell in the presence of God... And as Zechariah um, experienced this, this great assembly of angels that are on the earth and in heaven, you're able to do more for God and, and with less effort, including evangelism, including missions. Okay, tell me about, the, from Song of Angels, the song Elijah. Well, you know, there were three men that were caught up in heaven, like, on a, uh, and, and the fiery chariot came from, from Elijah. Uh, but uh, and Elisha saw that. Um, but Moses was caught up in heaven. Enoch was caught up in heaven. Uh, it's just a song about uh, you know getting that mantle of glory uh, upon you from heaven and through worship and um, and that spirit of holiness and that unction that God wants His bride to have. I mean, He wants His bride to be pure and holy and to be set aside from all mixture and from Babylon and to be prepared to, to rule and reign with Christ in the new celestial city of the New Jerusalem, which is coming to earth. And he wants his people uh, to be like Elijah, pure of heart, pure of motive, uh, like Jesus. And he's empowering those uh, who will obey and will seek his face. Are, are you ready for a transformation in your life? Of course you are. And I tell you, literally, your DNA is going to be affected 
by the anointing on this worship from Song of Angels, Elijah.
says the Lord of hosts, my spirit will not always strive with men, for the sins of the nations have kindled the fire of my wrath. Therefore, my people, humble yourselves and pray, and repent of your wicked ways, and seek my face, that you may be hid in the day of my vengeance upon all those who do evil and despise my law and persecute my prophets. But you who walk holy and blameless in this hour, you who hear my voice and who know me, about the person in the auto accident that the song was a song of angels was being played while the accident was going on explain it was a very serious accident this woman of uh, and man uh, they had um, this couple had this beautiful family of four children and they were all in the car and it was a minivan and they were heading home from school or some um, thing they were doing and and apparently uh, they had a head-on collision and while the cars were spinning out of control after gliding, she said it was like it was like they were on feathers. Everything was put in slow motion. She she couldn't figure it out, and the, she could hear the song of angels playing, and the beautiful music in the car. And the children weren't afraid. None of them were afraid. And she said it was like like molasses. Like it was like it was in slow motion. And as she figured out later, those were angels protecting us from getting hurt. She said no. Other than her son having a bump on his head, nobody was hurt in their vehicle. And when they got out, they were not shaking. They had peace, and the, the police were listening to the album playing in the, in the wrecked, totaled car you know, after the accident. Now, on the DVD of Song of Angels, the, uh, you have the most beautiful scenes from God's creation, from nature. How did you get such beautiful scenery? <laughs> well, you know... God's creation is is a small glimpse of heaven. Everything in heaven's more on a more grandiose and perfect scale, but still, Earth is is incredibly beautiful that He created. And so we have a lot of HD footage, um, many of which you've not seen before. Um, that's just pictures of, of of waterfalls, mountains, valleys, flowers, just beautiful. The most the most the pinnacle of God's beauty and creation in HD. And uh, it, and we also had some of the top animators in the industry who do all the great you know, movies and and whatever. We hired the best uh, to do my uh, animation uh, to try to recreate the visions that I had um, in 3D. Uh, I mean, what peace? Do you want more peace in your home? Do you want more peace wherever you go? Of course you do. Between the DVD and the beautiful uh, God's creation and the music and the anointing, uh, and, uh, it to me, it's a portal to enter his presence, to enter his glory. And when his glory is there, all th- 
things are possible. So we're making this one CD and one DVD, Song of Angels, Volume 1, available for a gift of $45. But we have an exclusive. You can get not only Song of Angels, Volume 1, but Song of Angels, Volume 2. That's a total of 33 different songs, two CDs, two DVDs for a gift of $65. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box, 39222 Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, Send a donation to Sid Roth, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.